Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. Not with me today, Wheels Wienerker. He heard who our guest is, and he ran away in fear because uh, our guest once accused him of being a Vikings hater, and Akiva cannot face the music, and so he is asleep. Uh, he did say it's it's 2.40 in the morning his time. He said he was going to sleep. He asked me to play the, uh, the quarterback game that we played with the Jets the last couple of years. We'll get to that. Uh, but with me is my father, Jerry Chester, uh, for a return visit. Last time you were here, I think you uh, uh, made a terrorist attack against the Green Bay Packers. A uh, threat, excuse me. It was probably legitimate. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's start at the top. Uh, you know, we have a new general manager, a new head coach. What is your sort of takeaway in the offseason of the hiring of Kwesi Udofo Mensa um, as the GM and then O'Connell as the coach? I think it's a fret, uh, breath of fresh air, especially after Zimmer, I think. Everybody was tired of the old regime, the players especially. Maybe the fan. The fans didn't really know what's going on behind the scenes, which is probably just as well and probably supposed to be that way. But, um, it, I mean, when you have the coach and the general manager not talking to each other and the coach and the quarterback not talking to each other, it's a pretty ridiculous situation. And yeah. in hindsight, maybe it should have been done sooner, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's a fair analysis. Um, I think that fans, we appreciated Zimmer and we didn't really realize how. I mean, we knew he hated quarterbacks <laughs> and, kickers. How, and kickers for sure. Uh, but we didn't realize sort of how, you know, as fans, it was entertaining when he'd come in a press conference and throw his players under the bus. But I guess, you know, we, we didn't really think about how that was ultimately uh, building a lot of animosity towards him in the locker room. But yeah, so it's a new GM and a new coach on the field it's it's more or less the same team not a lot of dramatic changes to a team that has been basically between eight and ten wins every year for the last several years so um is your expectation that they improve just because of the the change in culture the the new coach and gm or do you think this team is sort of the same team we've already seen i think it's dramatically going to be different first of all it's the different culture it's also obviously a different approach on offense and defense but there's a lot of I think a lot of people who are drafted are going to, I think this is going to down the road look like a, one of the best Vikings draft years in, in many years. Um, there's a lot of guys who I think are going to contribute both this year and the next year or two. I think there's a number of guys who sort of under the radar that uh, are in their first or second year and are their second or third year, I should say, and are probably going to come into their own. Um, but I think, 
And then they made, you know, some, I think they made some important changes in free agency. So I think all those things, plus the fact they've got a favorable schedule, they've got, you know, an extra home game and, and, um, you know, the game in London doesn't really count. So I think they've got a lot of things going for them. And I, I think this is going to be an exciting year, probably most exciting in a number of years. Yeah, it is an interesting schedule because the London game is officially a road game. It's a home game for New Orleans. So they have nine home games and then seven true road games. So, yeah, that's uh, an unusual advantage they have. You mentioned the draft. So let's talk about the draft. You know, they traded down multiple times uh, the first couple of days. The the local media liked it nationally. It wasn't as popular. They ended up taking uh, Lucene, the safety out of Georgia with the last pick in the first round. And then uh, with two second round picks, they took a cornerback, Andrew Booth, and a guard, Ed Ingram. Um, talk, Tell me, you know, and then uh, third round, they took Brian Osamoa, linebacker. And then fourth round, they took a Caleb Evans, who's uh, a- another defensive back who's been getting some good reviews. And then a bunch of guys in the fifth, sixth, and seventh round. Who are you most excited about among these rookies? Well, I think there's a whole bunch. I mean, I think this Asamoa, I think, will probably be a really good player. I think he's going to probably contribute significantly this year and probably even more uh, next year. Booth, I think, is um, probably going to be playing very soon. Um, You know, he seems like he's going to be on the mend. Uh, Ty Chandler is probably going to be their second running back. Um, You know, I don't think Madison really fits in with what this team is trying to do, and he's going to – he's kind of an old-fashioned plotter. Um, But – Chandler's really fast. He can catch the ball. He, um, I think he's going to be really somebody exciting um, and 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 really positive. That's why I say this this class is really good. Evans, even like you said, has gotten good reviews. Um, just all kinds of guys. Uh, I mean, this isn't a rookie, but Patrick Jones, you know, is in the second year. He's a guy who's who's gotten really good good responses. Uh, even this, I mean, the guy who's gotten the best response in this summer camp is this. T.Y. McGill, he's in his seventh year, and all of a sudden everybody's raving about him. So I think, you know, a lot of these national uh, pontificators who look at what's going on with the team don't really have an intimate idea as to what's going on. Um, I mean, Derisaw on the line was being compared to Trent Williams a couple weeks ago by people who are supposed to know what they're talking about. And at the same breath, they were saying Trent Williams is not only the best left tackle in football, but maybe the best all-time left tackle, which, you know, might be a little much to say. Yeah, I, I saw someone say that last week. I thought that was, you know, he, he's obviously, he's he's, a, he's an all-pro. I don't know if he's the, the greatest le- uh, left tackle ever. Dara saw, yeah, the, the rookie season, obviously, uh, you know, with, with the early injury and went a little awry, but he, he did look much better the second half of the season, and, and there's high hopes there. He got a little bit um, taken advantage of by Bosa during those mixed practices with the 49ers last week. But, you know, there's no shame because virtually every tackle in football can can be abused by uh, either of the Bosa's. Let's uh, let's go position by position. So let's stop at the let's start at the top with Cousins. Um, I, I'm going to start naming quarterbacks and, and you tell me uh, stop when there's a guy who you would not rather have than Cousins. OK, I'd rather in, in other words, I, I'm listing guys that, that are probably better than Cousins and you you cut me off when you disagree. All right. Okay. All right. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Lamar (laughs) Jackson. Huh? Okay. Keep going. Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Deshaun Watson on the field, obviously. Uh, Dak Prescott, 
Matthew Stafford. I, yeah, I, I think, you know, I'm not sure. Press, Prescott's sort of up and down, isn't he? I mean. All right. Okay. So you have Cousins about the 10th best quarterback or so. Yeah, 10 or 12. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I have him at 12. I have but, that, but, you know, hopefully, and, and, and that's supposed to be the whole reason or one of the reasons they brought these guys in is that they can – not only are they somewhat more familiar with Cousins than than uh, a lot of people in football because, obviously, O'Connell worked with him, but, but that they can maybe get him to rise above his sort of nervous, conservative self. Yeah, it is that. interesting. You know, I think a lot has been made about um, – there was that article in The Athletic where Cousins talked about some, like, incredible uh, – pass that he threaded to Adam Thielen and he basically said he regretted that after the fact because he could have dumped it off to Tyler Conklin a lower risk play and yeah Cousins uh, his reputation is that he's all, all very ultra conservative uh, you know not just uh, on the field obviously um, and and the hope is and obviously that 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 played to Zimmer because that's what Zimmer wanted from all his quarterbacks um, you know after in the early part of the 2020 season Cousins had a bunch of interceptions early in the season which was quite out of character uh, well, so did Stafford last year. Yeah. And, and yeah. So last year, Cousins threw the fewest, had the lowest interception rate in the league. Um, and it, it's not because, oh, he was, you know, being very conservative. He had the sixth deepest depth of target last year. So even with the bad offensive line and a very conservative play caller, Cousins threw it downfield almost as much as any quarterback in football and still didn't turn it over, which is why, you know, PFF, for example, ranked him as the number four quarterback in the league last year. I think this should be the best year we've ever seen from Cousins in Minnesota. The offensive line is by far the best he's ever had, which means it's, you know, it's not, it's not good overall, but it's certainly not as terrible. I think as it's it been. could be good by the end of the year. I mean, they, yeah. you know, they haven't had a, a guard play two or three years in a row for something like 14 years or 15 years. Do you realize that? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it could be. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, you know, coming into the season, at least their offensive line isn't a huge, you know, sieve like it's been lately um, for, for the entire sort of Zimmer's Zimmer cousins era. Um, and then, and then the play caller, I think that's a huge, you know, O'Connell is the best, uh, play caller that cousins has had. And, and I, I'm really excited to see this offense for those reasons. We've already well, seen he didn't it. call plays last year. I, you know, I suppose it kind of remains to be seen. Yeah. Well, he didn't, well, he didn't call him to see a Sean McVay, but uh, as Akiva said on another podcast, it's very possible. He's the second best play caller in the world. He still wouldn't have called plays for Sean McVay because Sean McVay is number one. Um, but the, we've seen a lot of Rams type offense, um, even in practice, uh, so far in the first couple of weeks. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely very excited to see cousins. I think that statistically, like from a fantasy perspective, whatever, I think cousins and Jefferson are just going to put up ridiculous numbers. Thielen hopefully stays healthy. Irv Smith, who they were very high on last year, obviously, and then got injured and missed the whole season. Um, and now he's, he's been picked up so far in the summer, but he's expected to be ready for week one. So a lot of expectations there. Uh, you talked about the offensive line, Ed Ingram, the rookie out of LSU, you know, uh, off the field, not a great guy. I think he allegedly, uh, sexually assaulted two 15 year olds or something like that, but he, but that's uh, nothing by NFL news. That's news true. Yeah, <laughs> That's true. I mean, but, you know, it's not even 20. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, like, that's why, like, you know, wh while I will certainly tip my cap to the, 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 the former Cleveland Browns fans who say they're done with the team, like it, it's easy to say that in practice, you know, we're rooting for laundry and, and, you know, whatever these guys do, as long as he's performing on the field, I'm not proud of this, but you know, that's sort of the reality. And, and Ingram has looked really good in camp. He was not expected to be a starter. He's probably going to be a starter now. Um, the, the only obviously huge hole on this line still is center where Garrett Bradbury is, is just God awful. And, you know, there's been talk of the, of the Vikings maybe trying to trade for someone. But now, I mean, Tampa Bay also has a hole at center because of injuries. There's, there's other teams looking. Uh, the Timberwolves have an abundance of centers. Maybe we could stick Rudy Gobert in there. But um, you'd stick anybody in there and be better. Well, except for Austin Schlockman. Don't you think his name indicates he should be an alignment? <laughs> Schlockman. 
know, he played actually pretty well. They say uh, last uh, last game. Yeah, it's a, it's a real Minnesota name. Where where is he from? This guy, Austin Schlager. He's not from Minnesota, I don't think. Um, let me look it up. Austin Schlager. It's got like a German Northern European. Um, he's from Texas. Oh, okay. All right. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's the, he's their backup center at the moment. At the moment. So do you expect them to trade for someone as rosters get cut down? Well, or? I mean, I had heard that they were trying to, but it's probably very difficult. And obviously, the the longer they wait, the more difficult it's going to be to get somebody in there. But I mean, that's really the only hole in their boat, uh, you know, significant. And um, I don't know why they don't didn't do anything a long time ago, let alone more recently. I mean, apparently Bradbury's had a, a bad summer. Yeah, you know, I mean, after a bad first few years, yeah. You know, I mean, he knew he was sort of going to be on the hot plate this year, and he hasn't really improved. So I don't know if they can find somebody. I mean, if yeah. they can find a decent backup quarterback they should be able to find a center somewhere hopefully yeah the two holes they've been talking about at camp were were backup quarterback because uh sean Mannion's worthless and kellen mon has been a you know i think at this point we can probably say a, a bust of a pick in the third round last year and then they made the move they went and got nick mullins um who was certainly not a good quarterback but we've seen him you know we've we, he played uh, quite a bit for san francisco in 2019 and 2020 and again, he's not good, but he's certainly he's he's a he's a decent backup quarterback, he, right? If he didn't get so many interceptions, he would be pretty good. Yeah, that, well, that's probably true. You know, for he, backups. he played seventeen games. He's thrown for two, three hundred yards almost every game. Yeah, I mean, look, if the if if Kirk Cousins is injured for a significant period of time, which to his credit, he has never been since he became the starter in Washington. He's missed two games ever in his career. One last year with COVID at the worst possible time against the Packers. And then a meaningless week 17 game a couple of years before that against the Bears when the Vikings were already locked in. Um, yeah, so Cousins, you have to assume will stay healthy. If he doesn't, they're going to have deeper problems. But yeah, Nick Mullins could would be more passable for a week or two than Mannion was two years ago or three years ago, whatever that was. And Mon was last year. So, um, but yeah, so hopefully they can they can fill the center spot because as you said, you know the rest of the line, Darisaw hopefully is should be an anchor there for a decade, and Brian O'Neill's a very good uh, right tackle, and then Ezra Cleveland uh, looked pretty good last year and has looked better so far this year, and that if Ed Ingram can steal that right guard spot, then yeah, you just have one one big hole right in the middle there. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, so yeah, I mean, I think I think we have a lot of reason to be optimistic about this offense. If if it was a top ten offense under Zimmer with a super conservative play calling, then I think you know O'Connell and no offensive line. And yeah, and no, yeah, the offensive line is better. The play caller is better, and so I, I think that the numbers are going to be dramatically improved, and um, that's something that we definitely have to be excited about. But the big question with this team is the defense because the offense has been top ten the last two years, and the reason they ended up out of the playoffs was because the defense created under Zimmer and was I mean was atrocious, and in particular. Um, you know, the, the sort of the most famous stat for Vikings fans is how bad they were in the last two minutes last year. And just to explain how bad it is going back as far back as the stats uh, exist for points surrendered in the final two minutes of a half or a game, the Minnesota Vikings of 2021 are the worst in NFL history. So, I mean, so that means it can't happen again. I, I guess, so, but, but, but I, also, I almost don't even know how to explain it because the defense, other than the last two minutes of the game, the, um, the, the last year, of the Vikings defense in all, in the other 56 minutes of the game actually were eighth best in the NFL in, in EPA per play allowed. So they actually were a good defense. The other 56 minutes, 
And then they were just god awful in game after game after game, which is how they blew all these games, you know, the most dramatically, I guess the Lions game, because that's what finally clinched it, um, that they weren't going to make the playoffs. Not not mathematically, but, you know, emotionally anyway. How do we explain how bad they were in the last two minutes and why that should be improved? Well, first of all, they're, I mean, obviously going to have a whole different approach on defense. They're going to have a whole different set of coaches. Um, I think Phillips is going to help the defensive line. Obviously, Smith's going to help um, and Hunter, or if they can stay healthy. That's probably the biggest thing, obviously, not only on defense, but the whole team, really. I mean, if Smith was out, there's a lot of people who can catch the ball. Um, there aren't a lot of people who can really rush the passer like Smith and Hunter. Um, yeah. So, so I, here's here's a good stat. I think Peterson is a you know Peterson's supposedly having a uh, a better summer than he's had for the last couple of years. So if he can at least hold his own, and um, and then some of these young guys, I mean, Dantzler's apparently been doing pretty well. Um, Evans is okay. Um, Booth probably will play. And yeah. well, hold on. Let, let's let's go position by position on the defense. So let, let's start up front. Um, the Viking, this stat was from the middle of last year, so it might be slightly updated now, but but I think it's probably pretty similar, especially since they were terrible down the stretch last year. In the last two seasons, or might have been three seasons, the Vikings defense, when Denell Hunter is on the field, was number six in DVOA, and when he was not on the field, was number 30 in DVOA. So, and and which sort of implies that the defense really dramatically turns on Dental Hunter's health. Obviously he's been out for most of the last two years. So that's a big problem. Um, hopefully he stays healthy. If he stays healthy, we do have a reason to, to be optimistic that this defense can sort of revert to what it's been when he's been healthy for most of his career. Um, and then as, as you mentioned already, the big off season acquisition is a Darius Smith, who's also coming off, you know, missed the entire season last year, but has looked, looked really good so far. Like in practice looks great against the 49ers in those joint practices. And with Hunter and Zedarius Smith as the as two healthy edge rushers, I think this is a team even without Hunter. I mean, this team has been average or better in pressuring the quarterback and usually like much better even last year, even even when these guys are gone. So if those guys can both stay healthy, I'm not sure how many teams have a better pass rush in the NFL. Yeah, and they've got Hicks, I think, who's an upgrade because uh, in the middle on the linebackers. So, yeah, I, I think I think the defense. If uh, if Peterson can play okay, and uh, if some of these young guys can come along, I think they're going to be certainly respectable. Yeah. Now they're they've been very they were very bad against the rush the last year. Um, and Delvin Tomlinson and Harrison Phillips, they have two interior defensive linemen that, in theory, should be shutting down the run, but they really struggled last year. Yeah. Well, that's why they got Phillips, and that's yeah. why they. Uh, they got uh, what's his name Hicks Jordan Hicks. Yeah, the Hicks, the linebacker from Arizona. Yeah, the linebackers have not looked as great in camp. Uh, Kendricks, who you know was an All Pro a couple of years ago, and then um, you know w- was injured last year. I'm a little concerned as he's getting older. Um, ultimately, linebacker, you know, not not as premium a position in the modern NFL. And then we go to the secondary, and you know, you, you talked with Patrick Peterson, the veteran, who was their best cornerback last year, which is not saying much. He was, uh, you know, I think around league average or so. Um, and you know, he's obviously getting older. But but the big question is Cam Dancer, because as a rookie a couple of years ago, he looked like an emerging superstar. And last year, he could not get out of Zimmer's doghouse. He could not get on the field. And I saw PFF was uh, they had an article about like the unheard of superstars in the uh, uh, superstars to be in the NFL, and they had him on their list. Um, I, it just I don't know. I mean, because he was so good two years ago, he was he was meaningless last year. 
if we see the, the Dantzler of, uh, as a rookie and he progresses beyond that, then then, yeah, all of a sudden they got a couple decent corners. And, and if Booth or Evans, either of these rookies can look decent, uh, you know, as a nickel, then 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 maybe their secondary can be much better than it's been. But um, I mean, do you have an explanation for why Dantzler was so bad last year? Well, first of all, I, there was so much stress on that team, you know, behind the scenes with everybody not talking to each other. And and so, you know, something like that, I don't know if you can really answer it because if Zimmer's supposed to be a cornerback whisperer and, and he had such problems with his cornerbacks, I would just, I just suspect that he was probably out of it a lot of the year, you know, with whatever personal and, and inter-office stresses he was having. And I mean, not talking to this one, not talking to that one, that's got to be stressful, yeah. um, especially when they're the most important people on the team, your quarterback and your general manager. Um, so maybe he got sort of lost in the shuffle, kind of like Mon did. Um, you know, otherwise he should have he should have done better, not worse, obviously, a second year, although some people do have a sort of sophomore slump. But um, they're saying he's doing well this year. And um, I don't know, you know, they're saying if Booth is doing really well, that it's a competition between Danzler and Booth. But does that mean that Peterson is just untouchable this year? I mean, if Booth comes on really strong, why not have him play instead of Peterson? I'm not sure what the, unless it's, I mean, it's not because they pay Peterson so much money. That can't yeah. be the reason, but. Well, I mean, he's certainly sort of like the the dean of of the of the secondary and sort of like the coach on the field, or at least the cornerbacks. Obviously, still Harrison Smith at safety. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm I, I'm if if Dantzler, P- Peterson, I think is sort of a known quantity. I think Dantzler and then Booth to a lesser extent are the real wild cards because especially rookies at cornerback often struggle. And Dantzler, which is why it was so incredible that Dantzler didn't struggle as a rookie and then did last year. I wonder, like, we're pinning a lot of blame on Zimmer and the culture last year, but like. This isn't stuff that anybody talked about until after he got fired. And so I'm not saying it's not correct, but like it's a little bit suspicious to me, like all of a sudden after the fact, everybody's piling on him. You know what I mean? Well, because they probably in the middle of the season, they don't want to create distractions or controversy. I mean, reporters jobs are to say what's happening, not, you know, be uh, mouthpieces for the team. So people were didn't know that he wasn't talking to his quarterback. I mean, I remember last year they said it's one point that he was agree. He agreed to meet with the. cousins on some sort of basis but i mean that's yeah. bizarre i mean yeah that you have to yeah. be announced it's like I mean, israel the palestinians between the coach and quarterback um i mean okay if he's not talking to the general manager that's a little bit different but but even the kicker i mean look at the dramatic difference between how zimmer treated his kickers all the time bad mouthing them and this year joseph has been raved about and his production has been really raveable. So I mean, look at Daniel Carlson. The Vikings waste a draft pick on him in the second game of his career. He misses. What was it? Three field goals and an extra point against the Packers in that game that we end up tying instead of winning in, in Lambeau. And they cut him the next day. He immediately signs with Oakland. And now in now in Las Vegas, he's been like, if not the best, one of the best two or three kickers in the league for like a couple of years now. Yeah. So, I mean, I, it seems from what I can tell that kicking a lot of it, if you've got the basic fundamentals that psychologically it's an important influence in how they do. And and what could be worse than having to deal with a coach that thinks you're completely a waste of time and yeah. shouldn't even exist. <laughs> I mean, it's gotta be a nightmare, frankly. Yeah. For a well, lot of you've people, really turned on Zimmer. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, do you think he gets another job? Do you think he wants another job? Yeah. He's well, look at the job he's got now. He's an analyst for, 
for a small college. You know, the only reason he got hired is because he's great buddies with the coach there. Yeah. But as I was, I think I, yeah, you may not hurt me. If, if you're married to a woman like he is, maybe he, uh, he doesn't need a job. <laughs> well, I wouldn't waste my time running away from home. I'd probably never leave home. But yeah, that's story. Uh, maybe she's setting about um, Donatel. You know, I don't think the Vikings, you know, I became sort of an active watching the Vikings every week fan in 91. I don't think the Vikings ever in my 30 years of watching this team have ever had a three, four defense before this year. I Well, you know, I can't say for sure, but I think they've used it sparingly on some rare occasions, but Occasionally, yeah, I mean, not sure. to the extent yeah. that it's going to be as their as new base defense as yeah. this year. Yeah, I mean, Donatel's a guy who, I mean, he's been a defense coordinator forever. I mean, he was the Packers defense coordinator 20 years ago, and then the Falcons, and then Washington, and then the, and then, um, the Fort, um, you know, I think he was defensive backs coach after that. And then he was uh, the, the Broncos DC the last couple of years. Um, you're confident in him? Because again, Zimmer was. Uh, well, was you know, I think it's guy. smart when you're young and an offensive guy that you get somebody who's a lot more experienced and uh, can really take care of the defense. It's sort of like if, if, if Zimmer had hired somebody to really be good on offense, which I guess he did with the first the Kubiak dad. Um, but, you know, I think O'Connell's a lot easier to get along with, obviously, than Zimmer was. So, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think he'll certainly be good. I'm not don't know if he'll be a great coach, but I think he'll be a good coach. Yeah, I mean, and, he's 65. So this is sort of, you know, the I mean, the weirdest thing is after the Super Bowl or it might have actually been right before the Super Bowl, he, the Seahawks hired him to be sort of like a senior defensive like advisor to their defensive coordinator. And then a couple of days later, he dropped, he, he went when, uh, you know, when, um, when, when Quise hired O'Connell, he dropped the Seattle and then he came to Minnesota's defense coordinator. So that was kind of a weird thing. I mean, the whole thing with, with, with Jim Harbaugh was also a weird thing in the off season, right? Where like we say, it seemed like he wanted Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh wanted to come to Minnesota, but was making some kind of sort of demands and then the Vikings sort of got cautious about sort of for cultural reasons, which maybe uh, to your point about Zimmer, maybe it was a sort of an after effect of Zimmer. They wanted someone who was going to be calm in the building and not causing. Uh, yeah, I, I think that was a really good decision. I mean, Harbaugh is such a volatile character. That's all they needed, really. Yeah. Zimmer. But, I mean, but he's also been extraordinarily they successful. Need more he's psychiatrists and then they need coaches if they yeah. have one after another like that. Yeah. But I mean, it did seem like we say want, and he obviously knew him from the San Francisco days. It seemed like he wanted Harbaugh. Yeah, but I, you know, maybe they also saw another side of Harbaugh, even even in those what six hour interview or whatever they had. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, from the reporting, he was pretty presumptuous. He assumed the job was his if he wanted it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, and, that's and why Vikings, I didn't get it. Maybe. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think I understand why the casual fan is is always going to go for the name. And so uh, people, you know, sort of a lot of casual fans are disappointed they didn't get Harbaugh. But I think ultimately Harbaugh is a move you make for two or three seasons max, whereas hopefully O'Connell's a guy who's going to build a program and be here for a long time. Um, although, look, this is a veteran team who, as we said, has, you know, has a lot of sort of established stars. We, I mean, we, I haven't even mentioned Harrison Smith and, and, and all these guys, both on defense and on offense. So this team is kind of in win now mode, right? Well, but but they've got a lot of good, really good first and second year guys too. In fact, sure, I heard a but thing. All, today but that, ultimately, the offense is built around Kirk Cousins, who's already you know in his mid thirties. Well, yeah. Okay. I mean, quarterback. That's a big problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's like, always you know, a big problem. Yeah. I mean, when Cousins leaves, whether it's one, two, three, four years down the line, you know, it, it's you. And, and I think we don't appreciate how good he is because listen, everybody likes to hate on him. Like the consistency that he's provided this team at quarterback is something 
that this team really, really hasn't had because, you know, they've been riding sort of the what what the what the what the Colts are doing right now for most of my life, you know, chasing the veteran quarterback for a year or two, uh, you know, from Randall Cunningham to Jeff George to Warren Moon before that. Rich well, Cunningham Cannon, did well. Brett Favre. Yeah, guys did well for a year or two, but it's not, you know, you're not bu- building a consistent program by constantly bringing guys in in their mid-30s to be quarterback for a year or two. And then sometimes, obviously, like Donald McNabb, they fail spectacularly also. Far for the second year, a lot of, well, I mean, all these, I mean, the only young quarterback they developed, um, I mean, they tried with Christian Ponder, who was no good, was Culpepper. And Culpepper was legitimately good until he got injured and sort of his career sort of shockingly ended before he even turned 30. Um, So Cousins has provided some real stability, you know, playing 16 games a year, 17 games a year now, hopefully, is is something that you, I think is something that we should not take for granted. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I mean, especially when you don't have a good backup, which hardly anybody has an adequate backup. So, I mean, I think that he's workable, but he's only going to be workable for a few more years anyway. Yeah. And uh, Mond probably doesn't look like he's going to work out. So they're going to have to do something for a plan B. All right. So the the Vikings win total, which I think was lower earlier in the offseason, it's all the way up to nine and a half now. Which yeah. means it, it, it's it's ahead of, it's ahead of teams that were I mean it's the same as the Cincinnati Bengals who were just who were in the Super Bowl it's ahead of Arizona who won the division last year it's um it, it's it's ahead of the Raiders and the Dolphins and the Patriots and the Saints a bunch of teams who were you know were better than the Vikings last year um w- what's your feeling on nine and that's and only a game and a half better than they did last year with all the problems they had yeah last year. yeah no I understand so um, I mean, I, I, well obviously and obviously it's moved to nine and a half because most of the early money has been on the over so. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think they can easily win 10 or 11. I mean, 10 isn't much more than 9.5, but well, that's you know, if they won 11 games, it wouldn't surprise me. It, I mean, it depends if people can stay healthy. Yeah. You know, on defense, Smith and Hunter, obviously. I mean, if those two guys can play most of the season or the whole season, I think, you know, 11 might be conservative. Um, I mean, the defense, like you said, is is, is sort of, to some extent, the question mark. I think the offensive line will be good good enough to do whatever they they can do. Um, you know, the rest of the offense is really good. Um, I think the kicking will be good. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I think that's not uh, unrealistic to look at you know eleven game wins. Maybe who knows more if, if they all stay healthy and they can pull together. I, I mean, it is the first time they've had the system and it's a new coaching staff. Sometimes that takes a year or two to sort of filter through. I mean, that's, I guess, another thing that might be overlooked by some people, but yeah. who knows? There's we, no um, we sort of skimmed over the skill position, guys, uh, and jumping into other conversations. I mean, it shouldn't be underappreciated. The, the the group of skill position guys here they have is, uh, you know, along with Cincinnati and a couple other teams, as good as any team in the NFL. Obviously, Jefferson, who you saw the numbers that Cooper cup put up last year, a guy with, with nowhere near Jefferson's pedigree, um, or, or, or physical capabilities, um, under the McVay offense last year. I'm super, I mean, Jefferson's talking about getting 2000 yards this year, breaking the all-time receiving record, which seems crazy until you realize he had more yards as a rookie than any guy in history. And he had more yards through two years than any guy in history. So um, if this offense is going to be unplugged, uh, Jefferson could go wild. And, and that's what I'm really excited to see the most, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's, they're also deep. I mean, the running backs are deep. The receivers are deep. Yeah. Um, so, so who do you like other than Jefferson? Is it is it Osborne? Is it Amir Smith Marset? Like who who's sort of your well, think Johnson? They need a punter speaking of Smith Marset who can actually hold on to the ball. Oh, they're um, having a punt off this week. Oh, a punt mm-hmm. returner, you mean? 
You know, but Maybe I mean, somebody both. could catch the ball. I mean, if, yeah. if they can just catch the ball and sit on their butt, that mm-hmm. would be a, a big uh, increase. But yeah, Smith Marset, I think, is a, is a really good receiver. Like Chandler can catch. Cook is going to catch a lot more this year than he did before, and that might make him be able to play longer too. So he's not always getting smashed as he runs through the line. Um, I think there's going to be so many. That's the only problem I think Jefferson will have is there's so many other options that, although there was a situation, it must maybe it was the first uh, exhibition game, or maybe it was even in practice when when uh, Cousins was supposed to go to his first option and he didn't and he went to someone else and O'Connell came up to him and he said you know even though you think there might be some risk on that first option in the future when that situation arises I want you to go for it you know it's sort of like we were talking about before that he's pushing him to go out of his comfort zone and take a little risk and have more interceptions maybe, but also have a lot more big receptions. So I don't know, you know, you, you can't give the ball to everybody all the time. Uh, obviously, Jefferson's going to want it. I think Thielen will probably be a little more patient and understanding given his age, et cetera. But yeah. Osborne, I think, is going to probably do really well. I think uh, some of these running backs are going to get a lot of balls. <laughs> Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus